Thank you guys for tuning in to Thursday Night Hi-Fi. Today, I have my good friend Steve from Home Theater Gurus. What is up, brother? Hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, man. So how's it going down there in Louisiana? Uh, hot, humid. Sounds about for the, Yeah, fall to get here. I told you I'm a huge Saints fan, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. dude. Love the Saints. I, I felt that they were going to do it last year, too. I felt it. And then I'm not yeah. upset about Kansas City, though. Not upset at all. Yeah. I think they earned it after after so long. So, yeah. uh, so I mean, for the people that are joining us, we got a couple people uh, coming in. Uh, what's going on, Hi-Fi Haven? You are a fantastic supporter. Thank you for showing up. Um, let everybody know a little bit about you because this will be available after the live stream. So basically it'll be on YouTube and it'll be on, um, Apple podcasts and Spotify in audio format. So let everybody know, like, how did you get your start in audio? Like what made you start your YouTube? I want to know your history, you know? Uh, well, I mean, back in the Nintendo days, you know, I mean, I had a Sony, you know, AVR with some old Fisher 12s. So, I mean, I've always had, you know, a system. I mean, I was thumping to Mario Brothers. That's and, awesome. uh, yeah, I mean, I just always grew up, you know, messing with that kind of stuff. And then I guess about 20 years ago, I uh, just, I, we got our first computer and I was searching the web and I came across, you know, how to use WinISD and build your own subs. And around the same time, I was also getting my first, you know, real speakers and that they were some uh, paradigms. Okay. Paradigm Focus version four, you know, so I was kind of about 20 years ago. And so that's kind of what kicked it off. And I built my first uh, subwoofer, I had a uh, Dayton 12 inch driver in it, it was a Sonic Tube. Sonic Tubes were all the rave back then. You know, SBS was doing the, you know, the big Sonic Tube subwoofers. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I heard a Paradigm, or a $1,200 Paradigm sub. And we played the back. Uh, this was a couple of years after I started building, I guess, because the Dora glass tap scene was popular. That's probably around 2003. Sure. And uh, anyway, the, the paradigm was just distorting. It didn't, it wasn't as clear, you know, mine was nice and clear. And I mean, just the hearing the difference in my $300 sub versus that when I was hooked. So uh, that's kind of where I started. And then I just had a, an urge to learn. I just, you know, love learning about the the science behind acoustics and designing this, you know, subwoofers and in-room acoustics and just, I don't know, just something to do. You know, you get older, you need a hobby, and that's just kind of where the direction I went. That was my interest. Well, for, from the sounds of it, it looks like you've been, it sounds like you've been doing, you know, DIY since, what, 2003. So off the top of your head, how many subwoofers have you built? Uh probably a dozen that i've actually built uh probably designed well over 100 i mean i've designed a lot for people uh so yeah but i mean i but when you design a sub i mean you you may go through 15 20 different drivers so sure. i mean you know you may spend hours and hours modeling before you actually decide to build something and you've recently gotten into youtube what made you get into youtube you just want to kind of share share your knowledge your wealth of knowledge yeah. in the world uh, well, it was actually episode seven is what started it. And that's the uh, using Rumi Q wizard to align subwoofers. And that was actually peer pressure. I didn't want to do it. Got stage fright. And anyway, I helped a lot of people over the last, you know, years leading up to that, uh, just getting their sub set up. So I was kind of, I guess, like the sub guy, you know, and I would spend hours. I mean, sometimes I would spend a whole day 
you know, a guy's taking screenshots and I'm like, hey, do this, do that. And I would have screenshots saved on my phone to show them how to set stuff up. And so people kept asking me, can you do a video? Because, of course, a video is a lot easier to follow. Mm-hmm. And so that's what kicked it off was basically peer pressure. Then I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to start off with the basics because I knew I was going to be some, you know, have stage fright. And episode one, I shot three separate times. It was, uh, it was I edited you know, just it, it's edited so badly. It's probably a three hour long video that I edited down to 20 minutes. You know, oh I said probably a hundred times. So that, that's what started. It was really the episode seven, the Rumi Q wizard sub alignment. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, when I started doing, I started doing a podcast a while, a while back and the ums, that was my biggest flaw was saying, um, a lot. Um, um. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would pause to think, and instead of just being silent, I would have to say, um, and then I would go in and have to take out every single, uh, at, oh, least, yeah. at least try to take out every single, um, and it's, it's just, it was disaster, you know, but, uh, yeah. you know, we, we learn, we learn and we grow. Um, I'm trying to get you on Instagram, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, need to do that. Uh, yeah. I think that would be a good platform for you because, um, if anybody, whoever's watching right now, hasn't seen the sexiest sub on the planet, it's the one that Steve did recently at the Hammer, where he did this beautiful like showroom shine finish, and I was just super jealous. I'm like, man, I wish I had that skill set within me, you know, to to do that. So, do you have like a, a what, what's your background to be able to know or at least kind of tinker with this kind of stuff do you have like a mechanical background or engineering background uh youtube i mean really? the way i look at it, everyone has two hands or most people have two hands and you know if somebody else can do it you can do it so i mean a, a lot of it's just the tools you know learning the steps and just trying it you know the worst that happens you screw it up yeah. you know but a lot of it you can fix and it's not as hard as a lot of people think it is so that was a lot of it but i mean my dad was a contractor and I've always been kind of mechanically inclined, you know, uh, just, I don't know, just, uh, it's always kind of come easy, I guess, or just natural. See, I, I feel like I would lose a finger if I start fiddling with that kind of stuff. But now that I'm doing it and, and thanks to you, uh, I think you are a huge influence. You and Giles have been a huge influence in my DIY entrance into the diy you know community um i was actually talking to, to kevin from gsg a little bit earlier today and he i was just telling him i'm like dude i'm hooked like i because we were talking about you know plate amps and rack amps and stuff like that and that's something we can get into here in a little bit but um i think that you know i, I wanted a rack amp and i told him i'm like yeah. i want a rack amp because i feel like this isn't going to be a one and done type of thing this is going to be mm-hmm. my hobby you know so this being a new hobby and everything i want something that i i guess we can get into it now i i kind of want something that will will be versatile you know that that i can you know i can have and just plug in the sub that the new sub i'm working on Mm -hmm. you know and have enough power to feed that any recommendations uh from you like what like if i'm obviously you know my situation so uh what do you think What, what do you feel would be best would you stick with plate amps or would you get like one solid really good rack amp i mean i've used behringer i've used uh crown i've got an xls 1500 to push this new sub here that i just built because it's just sitting there i mean probably behringer 
the only reason we did a plate amp on the last one is because everyone, you know, with the DIY subs, it's always rack amps. And, you know, for someone just getting into it, you know, I wanted a really simple build, but I also wanted, you know, people are comfortable with plate amps because everyone knows how to use a plate amp. They're, you know, and they're, they have auto shut off. There's no fans to deal with. So for someone just getting into it, it's not so much that's new. It's, you know, it's more similar to what they're used to. And I like plate amps too. I like both. But for what you're doing, yeah, it makes more sense to just get a rack mounted amp and you can swap all the subs out you want and you, you don't have to get an amp every time. Sure. And I really do like the uh, the Bash 500 on on mm-hmm. this particular build. Um, I guess we can get into yeah, let's get into the the hammer, man, because uh, this is something that you know this is my obviously my first DIY build ever, and yeah. it, it just so happens to be your design. <laughs> and I mean, I love the detail that GSG did all the way down to the hammer. Oh, yeah. and, logo and everything i think that that there was a lot of of love put into that detail so what made you do the hammer what was the the driving force behind the idea of the hammer like what did you want to accomplish with that well first of all it was just an episode it was going to be just an episode showing how to use win isd just a tutorial Mm -hmm. and over the years the last few years the most requested design has been you know usually a 12 because there's plenty of diy kits for the larger subs mm-hmm. and of course they're sealed but you do lose output you know with sealed you know at least uh above it or below the tuning you know you'll pick up the output with a seal but, but above it you know you're going to be overpowered by a ported sub of equal size so when people wanted something smaller and they would come to me you know i need something in like a 12 and we would design it and usually the best driver i could find would be like a um 12 it was always better it always modeled better so that's what we used on the win isd tutorial you know i think i showed a few different drivers but i already knew which one i was going to use for my build and uh, it was actually going to be an under the bed sub that I was going to use on the new house. Okay. But then I was like, you know, screw it. We're just going to go ahead and do something everyone can use. Not everyone wants a subwoofer under their bed. So that's kind of how the hammer was born. We were, it was just a tutorial and we went and we designed the enclosure with another program online where you can make it, you know, look aesthetically like you want. And it just kind of grew from there. And then Kevin reached out and, you know, uh, Episode seven, it helped a lot of his customers. So, you know, he said, hey, man, if you want, you know, we'll uh, cut these kits for your channel. And so that was, you know, kind of blindsided me. I would have never thought that would happen. So, uh, yeah, that's just it just kind of blossomed from there. Sure. Yeah. And uh, Kevin's a great guy. Kevin from yeah. GSP is super. Oh, cool. yeah. Mm-hmm. He uh, he definitely loves helping DIYers, whoever it is, you know, like. He he le- definitely has that in him where he likes to help, um, yeah. and and you've been the same way. Like I've talked to you now a few times, and you give me some good advice, and and you were kind of there. You and Kevin, but we're both kind of on the sidelines for the whole project. And I'd be sending you guys pictures, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to start painting. All right, I'm, I mess- messed up the paint. <laughs> Time to repaint, you know. And you know, I I went through a lot with this process because, it, like I said, it was my first build. I I overglued. I you know I did a bunch of rookie mm-hmm. mistakes, but I learned from them. Um, I actually have the video coming out tomorrow of the build of the box, and mm-hmm. then the rest of the build and the rest of the information is going to be on a second video. But at least tomorrow, people will kind of get a feel for kind of what I went through in the beginning, as far as assembly, the glue, certain mistakes I made. You know all the tools you need, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Because I mean, 
at first I thought, okay, all I'm going to need is some glue and, and that's it. You know, some, yeah. <laughs> some glue and some, and some spray glue for the insulation and stuff. And no, 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 no. Yeah. It, it, it was a lot more than that. So, uh, man, you know, you kind of learn as you go along, but luckily, like I said, I had, uh, Giles who's built, you know, numerous amounts of, of GSG, uh, builds and yeah. he was able to at least guide me as far as, you know, what, uh, tools to use, what, you know, what kind of glue to get, what kind of stuff to do. But this was a, this is his first build as far as yours goes as well. So we were kind of doing it together and, and learning together. So, um, I think it turned out great, man. Uh, like I was telling you before, the REW was what stood out. I mean, obviously the sound. I mean, I, I listened to it first before I REW'd it. Yeah. But the measurement on this thing was more was better than most consumer subs that I measure. You yeah. know, uh, including a room null, which that's fine. If it didn't have the room null in it, uh, it, it would it would just be this perfect, beautiful, you know this round you know thing that is just mm -hmm. and it didn't fall off i think until what did i say it was it like 18 hertz or something like that yeah, yeah it, it fell off super low so mm -hmm. obviously this thing can go i mean incredibly low and if anybody out there wants to uh purchase one you can email gsg directly and they can they can set that up for you because it, it this is a custom build by uh steve from home theater gurus so it's not like it's something that gsg produced themselves this was you know this came from steve's brain so i like i said i think it's it's massive dude i kind of want to build another one to have two you know one yeah. on each side you know mm -hmm. but, um yeah dude like this diy thing is kind of addictive yeah it is it is so what are you working on right now like you you, you were telling me you were working on a video but then you said you had something else going on or do you have another su sub coming well actually i just got finished uh doing a driver install video for the um12 but it's basically going to be a tutorial on how to you know select the right size drill bits to pre-drill just questions like someone you know what to do after you've built this wooden kit you mm -hmm. know like now what so uh you know just crimping techniques how to you know properly crimp you know if you don't want to solder because i mean if it's your first build you probably don't know how to solder you know it's just trying to teach people that are getting into it how to do things properly so they end up with something you know good they're not lost and then i'm going to do how to do the high pass filter you know which i have on episode seven but i'm going to do you know two videos two short videos not an hour and a half long you know mm -hmm. one for uh the behringer dsp and then one for the mini dsp and it's going to be using the hammer how to set its filter up but it's something you can use on any subwoofer that you get you know the marty subs any ported sub that needs a high pass filter okay um do you like the feature of the DSP on the Behringer or would you, would you have gone the different route and done just a Behringer and then ran mini DSP? Uh, I like both of them. Uh, mm -hmm. The mini DSP has the advantage of in room EQ wizard. Once you get your EQ file, you can just load a file up where the Behringer, you have to click on generic and you have to manually load each filter. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you've got a couple subs, with bear, you know, it's using your Behringer for, there's a lot of room for error, user error. You know, you've got eight filters per sub, you know, or however many you have that you've got to load. It's, it's just a lot of room for error and it's slow. Whereas the, you know, the uh, iNuke, you can create a filter in, you know, the EQ section of REW in uh, a minute. 
mm-hmm. you can load it in seconds. I mean, and then you're measuring, you know, within two minutes, you've created a, a file and you're measuring it and you're seeing the, the result. Where on the Behringer, you know, you're it's, it's just very slow. Like I said, room for human error. But I mean, the end result is the same. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, really, it's potato potato. It, they both work great. It's, it's just I, I like the, the speed of the uh, I knew is the thing, you know, load filters. Wow. I, 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 I didn't expect that. I thought it would be the mini DSP, but hey. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I mean, they're, if they're both good, I mean, people can go mm-hmm. either way. Um, as far, what is, I think, the biggest, what, what do you think the biggest obstacle is or the biggest, uh, when you're making a purchase to build a new sub, um, mm-hmm. obviously you, you really like the Dayton Audio Ultimax. Um, are there any other drivers that you enjoy or are you kind of sticking with Dayton? Um, is there anything else you've tried out that you're like, oh, that's a pretty good driver? What are you thinking? I'm not going to say I like Dayton just because, you know, I like Dayton. Whenever mm-hmm. I, I uh, you know, I'm going to build a sub, I'll model a lot of different drivers. And like the UM12, it was always about size. Now there was some uh, talk on Facebook about it's big, but it's really not any bigger than a PB13 or other. That's a 13 and a half inch driver, but other 12s, it's comparable in size. The thing is, whenever I'm designing, I'm trying to get as much performance as I can out of the driver. And mm-hmm. I don't want to boost a lot of companies, you know, like if you go buy a branded sub, they're, the box is kind of, you know, maybe on the small side for the driver. So they're mm-hmm. boosting. Whenever you have to plug ports, like on hybrid ports, and you you have to go and tell it what ports you've selected, what, what it's doing internally is doing boosting to give it a flat response, and it's setting filters, you know, uh, moving the high-pass filter for the ports you plug or when you change tuning. So not many subs out there are just linear just left alone with no boosting or no EQ done in that play down. So when I design a sub like the hammers and the Marty subs are the same way, they don't need any boosting. Mm-hmm. They actually have a natural house curve. So they're going to sip power. And uh, so that's what I look for is how's is it going to perform without me having a boosted. And, you know, I want the box to be as small as possible. I don't want a huge box. I mean, some 12s, you know, may to do what this driver does in a 3.8 cubes, what we've got here. Some drivers may need a four and a half cube box. I mean, it, you have to model the drivers and look at them and see how each one's going to perform in the box size you want and then apply power, but you can simulate that and see how they react. And the Dayton's just always seem to rise to the top. I mean, okay. it, it's, uh, but now I never go with expensive drivers. I, I just don't. I like to stick in that price range. So that's another thing. If a driver's seven or eight hundred bucks, I know I'm not going to spend the money on it because I'm kind of cheap. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like to get as much bang for my buck. And, and so that's kind of why Dayton was selected in this one. But I'm not really it. It just kind of rose to the top. And that's why I went with them. Well, I mean, at the same time, the UM drivers aren't super cheap. I mean, they unless no. they're running the deal. But I, I was lucky I got in on a deal. They were having a, like a little sale on the on the 12. And yeah. um yeah, I got in on there right, right when I needed to. And, dude, the performance on that sub is phenomenal. You know, I, yeah. I got to tell you, like, uh, I mean, obviously it is, you know, the port tuning you've done and, and everything you've put into this this build. You know, you've put a lot of love into it. You tell, like, there was some work that went in there. You know, like, you you, oh, yeah. really, you really took care of this 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 build. And I don't know, man. Like, for me, like, it was, it was a great experience because I – I didn't want to, I wanted to do something different, you know, cause I feel like everybody out there is doing, 
you know, a lot of similar things, the 18 inch subs, stuff like that. I don't have a problem with 18 inch subs. I think they're great. They have oh, yeah. a tactile feel, you know, you, you get to feel the base and, and all that stuff. And then, and then you get up to the 21s and the 24s now and God knows where this is going to go, man. This is, this is crazy. Have you had any experience with 18s or are, are you, are you sticking? Yeah, yeah. With- okay. no, my, my last theater had four uh, stereo integrity, uh, HT 18s had one in each corner. They were 12 cubed refrigerators. Ooh. And, uh, you know, they were brutal. I mean, I, I don't think I ever, I was afraid to turn them up because I was, or at least see what they were capable of because I was mm. scared the room was going to, you know, it's causing damage. They were just brutal. But, uh, you know, in a living room or something like that, I, I, you know, or some people may not want that. And that's why, like I said, a lot of people have requested 12s. And, but yeah, I love 18. So in my new theater, I'm, looking at uh, probably two devastators, you know, because why not? Oh, man, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was talking to Kevin about the devastators and, uh, and I, I've seen one in person, you know, over at Giles's spot and mm-hmm. they, they, they literally, they are the size of a small refrigerator. Like <laughs> it, it will, but it will move you. It will, yeah. it will move your soul from your body. Mm-hmm. Like, those things do not, you know, they do not play nice with others. You know, it, it's just, it's going to be a beautiful base in that in that room. So, what you're going to do the two devastators in the front? What do you do? Are you going to do anything in the back or? No, I won't need to. It's just going to be a single row. So I'll use a remote calculator to place the seats, and I also do home theater plans. You know, uh, so I'm pretty much doing that using my program and doing my own room. So uh, no, I'll just need my subs will be up front, properly placed at some room modes to you know cancel them out, and I'll have nice even base across the seats and. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be good to go. I don't think I'm going to need more output than two Devastators, you know, are going to give. You're right. What, uh, what amplification are you going to use for those two Devastators? I'll just do whatever Kevin recommends. I mean, I guess he's using the, uh, the Behringer 3000s. You know, I, I guess I really don't even know. I haven't got that far. I've got to build the house first. Yeah. yeah. What, are you gonna, what are you thinking about speaker-wise? What are you going to do for speakers? Uh, triad, triad golds and the frail CR, and then I'll probably do silver everywhere else. Nice, nice. How many Atmos channels? Four, may, maybe six. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Well, you you said you're only doing one row of seats, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, four. Yeah, it's just four seats. You know, me and my wife, my oldest uh, daughter, she's kind of out of the house sometimes. But, I mean, it's uh, – we had two rows in the last house, and most of the time the kids were on a beanbag, like a BQ's beanbag in front of the front row. So, I mean, it was just kind of a waste. It looked really nice, but mm. it just didn't really use it enough to justify the cost, you know. Well, the cool thing about building your own or designing and building your own house is that now you have full creative control over your entire theater. However, oh, yeah. The look, you can pre-wire it for whatever you want, dude. That is that is awesome. You know, there's not a better feeling because more often than not, people will buy a house and they'll be like, okay, like what can I do with this room I have been given? Not like, yeah. hey, what can I do with this room about I'm about to create? You know, so oh, yeah, yeah, that's a huge advantage. Um, yeah, you have when building your own theater because then, I mean, that thing's probably going to be EQ'd and, and perfect, and it's just oh man. I, I almost want to take a road trip down there just to listen to it once it's done. That would be cool. Yeah, just don't come in the summertime. Oh, man. Dude, when when is Mardi Gras? Isn't that in like March? March? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, have, I'll, I'll come for that for sure. <laughs> That'll be my first Mardi Gras in, uh, in New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, dude, it, it, oh, man, that's so exciting. But so what, what's, uh, what's the plan for the future? What, what do you, what are you thinking? What's your, after all this, do you have any other, any other projects you're, you're looking to do anything beyond subwoofers? Um, uh, I'm more for the, for the YouTube on the YouTube side. Yeah. I mean, I've got a lot more tutorials to make, you know, ever since mm-hmm. we sold the house in December, that's kind of put the brakes on it. I mean, it's, I've got a list of stuff, you know, people asking you to do some this and that. So I've got a list of different topics I need to cover from using Odyssey, you know, and the, the editor app. And I mean, just so many different things and, you know, anything you think of, I mean, I, it's, it's just ongoing. Then I'm going to do more projects. I have to build some speakers for my living room and, you know, I've got a lot of projects to do. So are you going to be doing a lot of DIY for speakers as well, like regular floor standers and stuff like that? Um, I don't really build those myself. I'll do kits, but oh. I mean, that's, that's one thing I have tinkered with it. I've built my own speakers, you know, mess with the crossovers, but there's a, it's not like a subwoofer where you can just go and win ISD and perfect it in your, you're good to go. There's a lot more work in it. And mm-hmm. I mean, it takes years to get as good as like some of the people that, you know, actually design some of these kits. So, uh, you know, maybe later down the road, I may actually try to perfect it, but I know, I know my limits. I put it that way. So I'll just copy somebody else. Gotcha. Well, do you do DIY sound group? Is that where you get your, your stuff, your kits from? Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten some from them. Yeah. How, how are those? Are those pretty good? Yeah. I've had the, uh, Let's see. I've had the Fusion Eights. Uh, those are made by Jeff Bagby. Okay. Those are probably my favorites. Those are awesome little speakers. I've had HTM Twelves. Uh, those are really, really, really good too. And uh, yeah, so I've, I've had a few of them. I had the Bolts. Not crazy about the Bolts, but uh, you know the other speakers with the Cos and Eos Waveguides. They are they're you know really, really good for the money. Very, very good. I'll tell you what. The I don't think the Bolts sound that bad. Uh, Giles has a pair that he built. And we fired them up uh, about a yeah. week or two ago just to kind of listen to them. And they weren't bad at all, dude. <laughs> they were actually no, a good they don't sound that bad. It's just all faxes. They drop off really quick. I'm a measurement guy. Yeah. I, mean, I can't help it, you know, uh, especially once you start designing rooms, you know, you have to take into account the all faxes because you're, you know, you're controlling those reflections to, you know, kind of shape the sound that you want, the seats. And so it becomes important. And, you know, so yeah i guess i'm ruined a little bit oh man dude um right on dude so man i'm kind of kind of hit (laughs) hit the halfway point well actually we're almost at the 30 minute mark um we got about four minutes left uh i guess we can talk about what i'm about to embark on uh a 15 inch monster from stereo integrity i know you mentioned stereo integrity uh, a little bit ago that you yeah. that you've dabbled mm-hmm. and uh, i'm getting the hst 15 and I'm, I'm in the process of trying to design a box and this is something i was telling you before we went on on online here was that i'm using WinISD. isd i'm trying to so i'm trying to use WinISD and look at your tutorial at the same time yeah so I'm kind of going bit by bit by bit. And I, I got to the point where I put all the info because the, unfortunately the subwoofer doesn't have the, um, the file didn't upload with, with that yeah. you know, integrity stuff on there. So I had to go put in all the information and I'm like, wow, there, there's a lot of science behind, behind subwoofers. There's a lot of like weird scientific mathematical, you know, situation. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, what does this all mean? So 
I, I put in everything the way, you know, you, cause there's a, a list of how to put things in. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on that. And I think I got it dialed down pretty good to where I'm going to use, um, uh, about a two, two and a half to two and a three quarters cubic foot box. And it's not, that's not very big. So no, I'm kind of scared because this thing, I mean, if you I'm going to show, I'm going to send you a picture of it uh, here in a little bit, but if you, if you see this thing, the dude, the depth I think is about almost 14 inches of the, of the driver. Wow. So I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to fit this thing in a, you know, in a, in a smaller box and it makes sense. So yeah, um, I'm going to work with, uh, with Kevin on that and, and see what we can come up with and, and see if, God, man, see if we can find anything that any kind of configuration that'll make some sense because dude, it's going to be all driver in there. Yeah. Know? It's going to be like just a baffle and then just, yeah, just deep enough. A baffle and then the baffle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so th- I think that's why it, and not to mention this sub is very hungry. I mean, at 3000 RMS, 6,000 peak, that is, dude, that's going to need some serious power to, to push it, you know? And I think that's the biggest difference between uh, sealed and um, ported is the fact that with ported, you don't need to, they're more efficient, you know, you don't need to. Oh, yeah. Way, way power. more. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, Man, I well, kinda... if you ever look, if you ever look at like, uh, say, Seton, you know, he's popular for like the he has the UM18s. You know, you'll see his stacks of subs or those sealed subs, and that's the thing with a sealed sub. You know, if you're after output, like you know, if you're a, a, a base junkie, you're mm-hmm. going to need more of them. You know, I mean, you can power them and shut power down the throat, but at some point, you know, you're just going to need more drivers, and that's why you'll see all those stacks of sealed subs. And, you know, you may have eight of them where if you had four full Martys, you would probably have more output above tuning than all of those sealed subs. Now, of course, below tuning, those sealed subs are going to, you know, rock the house down to 10 hertz. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a balance. It depends on what's more important to you. But you're going to spend some money if you go chasing, you know, really, really high output. Now, that's high output for one person might be totally different than what it is for you. That one right. sub you're fixing to do may be all you need. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've noticed that uh, just shopping around for amplifiers that eh, the price on amplifiers is not forgiving. At no. all. Um, it, dude, the more power, the more money, <laughs> you know, it's just the way yeah. it, that's the way life is really. <laughs> it's not a cheap hobby. <laughs> no, it, it, it hasn't been, but at the same time, it's, it's a very rewarding hobby, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, man, one thing I want, one comment I actually wanted to make about the hammer, which is, uh, you know, for the people that are just joining, I know a few people just joined us. Um, you know, Steve designed the hammer that is being cut by GSG. Um, dude, it it almost doesn't sound like a ported design. You know, like I don't know, I've I've heard a lot of ported subs, and they just have this this sound, right? I, I almost feel like the hammer just has more, a little more tightness to it, a little more, a, a little more uh, punch. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know, yeah. maybe that's the way you you tune the port or what what you did. I, I mean, what? How does how does that happen? Well, a lot of it has to do with how you design it. Like I said, a lot of ported subs, even though they're ported, they're still being boosted because mm-hmm. you know they're trying to ship these things, and so they'll make the box a little smaller. So maybe it's got a natural dip, so they'll 
you know, have baked any cue to lift it up a little bit. And I mean, anytime you, or they're trying to push it too low, you know, anytime you do that, especially with like a 12 inch driver, you're going to, you're going to lose performance. You're going to have a little more distortion, you know, when you're having to force feed that more power to that driver, where if you, you know, like the same thing with the Marty subs, just like the hammer, their design, nice and flat, you know, maybe even a slight natural rise, you know, cause we want a house curve. So when you put that in a room and mm. you give it some room gain, now all of a sudden, you know, you've got extra headroom. So it's just sipping power. So it's, you know, very, very, very low distortion. And then at 20 Hertz where the tuning is, it's why I recommend it. You drop it hard because mm. if you try to push it below that, then once again, you're going to introduce distortion. You're going to have port chuffing, you know, because any port itself is not going to be happy going below tuning. So if you do all that stuff right, you can get some massive output out of even a 12 inch driver. But, you know, it's because of the way it's tuned and the way, you know, we're using that room gain as extra headroom. Whereas a sealed sub, you know, where it naturally draw, drops off, say at 40 hertz, it slowly begins dropping. You put that in a room, you'll be lucky if the room gain even gets you back to a linear response. And then if you need, you know, if you want a house curve, then that's extra you know, you're having to feed it more power. So it's more driver cone movement. So it's, uh, you know, a lot lower distortion with a properly designed ported sub, at least to tuning. Again, that's the big thing, tuning, because, I mean, I don't want to make sealed sound like they're not good. They'll mm-hmm. extend very, very low. So, uh, you know, that's something to think about, too. It's kind of a give and take. You're not going to get it all cheaply. Right. I just feel if I do a small, small box on this, this new 15-inch build, I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. I feel like the box is going to fall over <laughs> once once it gets hit, and, you know. It might. You strap it down. Things gonna, yeah. Things gonna just start start dancing. Um, but I saw on uh, Facebook, um, Giles had posted a uh, the preview to his video for the build, and I saw a few comments that people left that I personally didn't care for, and I kind of wanted to address that. It's a lot of them were were. I guess implying that why do a 12 when you can do an 18, you know, and obviously these people have not heard this sub. That's my only, I guess that's my only comment about it. Like once you hear it and and listen to it and see how much power it's putting and how much output it's putting out, these people would change their tune. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. And and you went on there and you, you commented as well and you, you responded to them uh, in a very nice way just kind of trying to explain to them, you know, this is why it's a toy, you know, I did what I did, but yeah, I mean, 18 and a 12 are two different worlds, you know, and I guess, I guess a 15 is kind of like the meeting place between the two where you can get sealed and ported. That's two different worlds again, you know, that's drastically different sounds Mm. and output is going to be drastically different. Right. And I mean, the, the, the box itself is a different design than the, mm-hmm. the Marty cubes that people are used to and the mini Marty's and all that other stuff. So, uh, you know, for people to kind of say, yeah, you know, a, a 18 would have been better or whatever. I don't know. I think that's kind of, that, that isn't the smartest of things to say, because like I said, no, they haven't heard the sub. Yeah, like, and there's already an 18, there's already a sealed 18, four foot, you know, four cubic foot cabinet. There mm-hmm. wasn't anything for a 12. And this was just for fun trying sure. to get, the most output we can out of this 12 and it'll hang with that 18 and it's actually going to outperform that 18 in a sealed cabinet, you know, with this hammer tuned to 20 Hertz. If you get that high pass filter set, right. And it's going to do it on a lot less power. Mm -hmm. People have trouble wrapping that around their mind, but 
it, you know, it's just sealed versus ported, you know, and it's just kind of the way it goes. It, 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 it slams. Oh man! When I fired it up, literally the frames, uh, the frame of the house shook. The mm-hmm. my window, my window shook like like especially when I went down low. When it got yeah. down to twenty eighteen hertz area, dude, I couldn't even hear it. It's just the windows were just the pressure was just shaking the windows, and I'm like, dude, this this is some serious business here. Like, this isn't a normal sub. This is now the length is. Did that play a part in? Because I, I noticed that it was longer than normal subs, right? Yeah. That, are deeper i guess you could say yeah it's 27 um, inches deep uh it, and i kind of struggled with that a little bit because i you know i wanted the baffle i needed to have a certain volume i mean i sure. couldn't go too small because if i went smaller then i started to lose output or i would have had to have raised tuning i really wanted to get to 20 hertz and uh so i kind of struggled with that but i wanted that baffle to look nice and so i didn't really want to make it much taller i didn't want to make it wider because i wanted I was actually trying to stay similar in size to like a, a PB13, PB4000, and right. it's actually just as long as one of those. Of course, you know, those use a 13 and a half inch driver. I think it might be a little smaller if you actually measure them. But, uh, you know, so compared to something like that, it's actually a little bit smaller than those, but it is long. But it's just the nature of the beast, you know, when you're trying to, you know, I don't want to make it smaller and lose performance, basically. Right. Yeah, I think it. I mean, it's not too long. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like it, it's it's in my room right now. I, I can't yeah. really put the camera, but it's like really, really right behind me, and I have enough room to like you know scoot back and everything. It's not like it's it's not like it's abnormally long, but yeah. um, it, it it was a little longer, and I'm like, uh, you know, there has to be you know a certain science behind it that the reason he did that, you know. So um, yeah. obviously, the logo on the on the brace was like one of the one of the highlights of the build, because I think I mentioned it in the, in the build as well, uh, in the video coming up tomorrow morning, um, because I thought that was super cool, you know, and, and well, I, I want to support you because I think that you are doing a huge service for this community, for the audio community. You know what I'm saying? Like you putting out these videos and, uh, us watching them and learning and that dude, that's a huge win. That's a huge value. You know, not many people do it for that reason a lot of people just do it because they do it but you're doing it to teach people well a probably to like minimize the amount of phone calls you get i'm sure and b (laughs) to to help people out you know and 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 show show the world hey this is how it's done because you don't know how many times i've been like okay i want to use win win isd but i'm I'm afraid of it because it looks confusing you know it looks super confusing so the fact that you put out now is yours a okay you ha, you know how to have the black screen on the graph is that an older version of win isd because the one i just downloaded yeah. was recent it has it, it looks completely different so i'm kind of lost there if you watch the video i tell you which version it is i think it's like uh pro alpha or something like that mm-hmm. but yeah you have to go find it i just i don't like the colors like the contrast of the old one, just I, I just liked it better where you can set the windows up where you want. Mm-hmm. It's just I enjoy using that one and the other one for some reason. I just don't like it. Yeah, but, the new uh, one isn't very user friendly. I, I like the one that you one you were messing with. I, yeah. I, I watched a couple other videos that use the same version. So I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I need to find that version. And I know they have earlier versions on their website uh, when ISD does. So yeah. I'm. I'm going to go back there and, and see if I can re-download that because I think that would be beneficial. I think I even show you where to find it on the video. Like actually go to Google and, and find it because 
you know, it's not where you think it'd be. It's at one of those download sites where mm-hmm. you think it might be a virus, but I show you where I got it. So <laughs> I didn't get a virus, not yet. Right. Yeah, that you know of. Now, have you done a uh, tutorial on REW? I haven't checked that deep yet. Yeah, episode seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, because that's another one I want to look at because so far I can measure SPL and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. anything beyond SPL, I haven't messed with, I haven't messed with distortion. I haven't messed with all that stuff and I kind of want to learn it all. Do you go over that stuff in your video or do you just, yeah, well, it? we go over sub alignment and setting up, you know, well, I have videos on how to set you know, get your seating place right because you don't want to be sitting in a null. So that's going to be step one. And then, you know, gain matching your subs. So they're outputting the same, you know, everyone's helping, you don't have one sub working harder than the other. So mm-hmm. that's episode eight. And then episode seven is going to show you how to align them. And those are just like the main problems people have with their subs is just, you know, they'll, they'll do things like get their, their meter out and they'll adjust the gain or, or the, the phase on the back of their sub for maximum output. You know, things like that don't work because mm-hmm. you could have a peak, you know, where you're getting positive summation at one point and you're causing huge dips at others that those dips may not have even been there before you went and started turning on it. And <laughs> you're just chasing your tail. It could take, you'll never get it right unless you measure. Uh, you know, so, yeah, it kind of walks you. I have videos for all that stuff. I even got a video, uh, you know, if you go to my channel and look in my playlist, I've got one just for subs with several videos in there. Okay. Yeah. I- I've kind of come across the whole uh, measurements kind of ruin speakers for people. Have you, have you come across that where someone will love a speaker, love the way it sounds, then they measure it. And then they're like, Oh, this is trash because it doesn't matter. No, that's been a thing that a lot of people have been talking about. And I'm like, I don't understand that. Like if you like the way something sounds, you should just like the way something sounds regardless of how it measures. Because what a lot of people understand is that the measurement, like I didn't realize I had a nasty room null until mm-hmm. I started like measuring seven or eight different speakers. And I'm like, okay, I see a consistent little dip yeah. in the same spot over and over and over again, no matter what speaker I'm measuring. So people sometimes, you know, and, and that's why, you know, videos can be helpful and, and stuff like that, because that way people now realize, okay, it could be my room just sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> and I need to do some acoustic treatments. I need to do some, uh, some something you know to fix to fix the situation. Some EQ. Is that like a main? If you see a no like on a main or your center channel, you know that could be SBIR, just a reflection off the front wall that's mm. catching up with the direct sound, and it causes a null. So you know I have, I have a video on that too, how to fix those issues. I mean I don't know if it was with a sub or if it was. It was. With, it, it's been with uh, both subs and and speakers, but I kind of measure them in the same area. So yeah. it, it's it's right the null's right around like thirty two hertz. It just kind of droops a little bit. Nothing yeah. crazy. It's not like a huge spike or anything. It's just like a little a little dip, you know. Okay. And I'm guessing it's just probably bouncing off one of these walls. But um, I don't have any acoustic treatment in this room, which I am actually going to be getting here soon. I'm testing out this this company hit me up randomly, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to test out our acoustic foam?" And I'm like, "Sure. <laughs> Maybe I can get rid of this null." <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think about acoustic treatment? What do you what do you think and uh, what do you use any? Are you going to use some for your new theater? If you want to quit swapping speakers every six months, I would highly suggest you treat your room. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I re- remember the first time I did uh, treat in my room. Now back then, there was a lot more. Everyone was 